at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello, welcome to the Pop Writers Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Sif Pop writer Joe. Hey, folks. As well as Jason. We all write for SifPop.com. Well, I should say you guys write. It's been a while since I've wrote anything for the site. Um, but uh, we, <laughs> we do SifPop.com stuff. We uh, provide movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles. So make sure to check out the website, SifPop.com, to keep up with all of that. On the podcast today, we're going to talk about... Uh, actually. I need to just take this out of the show notes. We'll be um, skipping the coming attraction um, until the writer strike, writers and actor strike is over. Um, and then we will uh, move on to the SIF topic once we're done with an intro, um, fun little intro thing that I came up with us. I stole from TikTok. Um, we'll move on to the SIF topic. We're talking about Westworld and Future World uh, this week, fitting our nerd culture theme. Uh, after that, we're going to explore the B plot, um, talking about what Delos Parks we would like to visit. Um, and then um, we'll do the spinoff quick recommend or warn from each one of us. But first, let's get a chance to talk with uh, Joe and Jason for a little bit. So um, I came across this game on uh, TikTok like right before we started recording and I didn't have anything planned for the intro question because I typically like make that the very last thing that I plan because um, it winds up being like I try to keep it like a, a really brief conversation that we could have on some sort of modern discord. Actually, you know what? We're going to do two things. Um, because I did think of something that I wanted to talk about earlier and then forgot about. So you know what? This this is fine, too, because this gives a chance to actually have you guys talk a little bit more. Um, Gal Gadot said that she's coming back for Wonder Woman 3 in James Gunn's DC. Like, what do you what do you guys make of this? I'm surprised James Gunn hasn't come out unless I missed it saying anything confirming or to the contrary, because that seems to be kind of his thing. He likes to jump on that. But he does, wonder. but he has also said that he's going to do that less. But I feel like for something this big and from the mouth of Gal Gadot, like now, unless the answer is no, and he's trying to figure out why on earth she would have reason to believe that before she publicly comments like, but yeah, you're right. Normally he's pretty vocal about stuff, but he said he's going to stop doing that because then people throw out wild stuff. And then, you know, once in a while, something hits the fan. And yeah, maybe he's staying be clear because it's sort of a they did talk to her that the intention is to work on it, but they don't know what the direction will be yet. So it's just sort of like a, well, yeah, it might come eventually, but we're not Maybe it's like step one. We're not anywhere. Nothing's imminent yet. Kind of thing. Right. What do you think, think, Joe? I think the only thing I loosely heard is that like, it's going to definitely, I mean, not definitely because we still indefinite, but um, it would be like a reboot of some sort. It wouldn't be the same version of the character, but um, like that kind of goes without saying, but um, how I feel about it overall I think it's going to be confusing for general audiences. And I think it's going to be kind of a mixed bag for fans. I think some people are going to really hold latch onto it and think it's great. Um, I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it. Uh, if you're trying to go into a new direction, go into a new direction. Don't just kind of like dip, tip your, uh, kind of dip your feet in both. So I don't know. So I kind of feel mixed about it. Well, and, and let's, think- let's also just be honest for a second, right? Like the first wonder woman is two thirds, excellent. And one third, like pretty bad. And Wonder Woman 1984 is like it's pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad, yeah. And like, I can say I like Chris Pine, but that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> well, like, and she's in uh, the the Joss Whedon Justice League, which is mediocre at best. Um, probably, she's good, yeah. That's that's pretty. That's pretty like 
complimenting of that film. And she's in fair, Zack Snyder's Justice League. She's not the one falls into the chest of. That's not her. So let's, <laughs> let's give the credit where credit's due. Well, she's she's in Zack Snyder's Justice League, um, which to me is mediocre at best. Um, you know, and uh, she's, I, th- I think she cameoed Shazam. I didn't see Shazam too. I didn't either, but I heard she was in it. Did anybody see Shazam 2? Didn't see it either. Sorry. Zach Levi, maybe? But... I doubt it. I don't know. And she had yeah. like, uh, no, she, was she in the, no, she was in the Flash. Or did she have a small yeah, she thing was. in the beginning? Yeah, she had that really small the beginning, thing in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Which I think was yeah, where so... I hit my breaking point on the Wonder Woman theme playing when she comes into frame every time. Cause <laughs> great theme, but I've never felt that before. But this time when it queued up, I was like, okay, I think I had my fill. <laughs> but like my point is, let's be honest, right? Like Flash is a totally okay movie, depending yep. on how you go into it. I and, have fun with low expectations. That's how I'd put it. Yeah. And and the two Justice League movies, like there's a whole spectrum of of totally valid opinions. I think from from all sides um, on on whatever cut you're watching, but like. Wonder Woman 1984 is a big giant turd, and I think like I think it's the a, general consensus is that we all. <laughs> I think the general consensus is that we all overhyped Wonder Woman one when it came out because it wasn't bad. Like, and it did it did have some really great things, but it really had a really bad finale. And I think we were all like, "This is amazing! It's MCU levels." It never was, at least you know MCU at that time. Right? This is like it's a it's a good MCU movie. Like if it was like an MCU movie, it'd be like one of the one of the good ones you know what i mean yeah not not like a great one like, no, it's better than thor dark world and love oh, and Thunder. well and league's better than that that's quantumania you know it's probably better than the incredible hulk you know um, i think overall we're starved for female-led comic book movies so it, that kind of graded it on a oh, different yeah, it's scale certainly better than captain marvel yeah that's true yeah oh yeah um anyway like it feels like we we all kind of over anyway so my point is like let's let's not th- this isn't like if you were to recast Iron Man, you know, or like um, what's what's a, what's what's a non-Marvel example of a really like beloved character that actually has a pretty good track record, you know, like this isn't like they're recasting Daredevil, right? Like, yeah, you know, because um, because everybody really liked Charlie Cox and all three seasons of that show are objectively great. Um, you know, this isn't like they're doing that or this, or this isn't like. Um, it'd be like in the middle of like Captain America just like recasting Steve Rogers and just be like, oh yeah, he's gone. Yeah, it'd be like not... it'd be like recasting him for Civil War or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, um, what, what happened there? Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, so let's let's just not pretend that Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is untouchable because she's not in a hundred percent great movies and um, she's good, but she's not irreplaceable. I think she was really well directed. And I think sure. she's a good physical actor. Sure. Uh, yeah. She's but, got like, she's, it, yeah. but it's not one of those where it's like, if you would have recast Iron Man or Captain America, you know, like when their contracts were up after Age of Ultron, like that's you, that is irreplaceable. You know, Wonder Woman is not. Uh, yeah. Do at least get, at this point. Do we get Endgame? Do we get anything after that? Like if those. those we do, two, but it feels weird the whole time. It would, it would feel bad. They would for they would for sure like cameo in Robert Downey Jr. and say, "Ha ha, we've been in a multiverse the whole time." Or you know, they would for sure. But point is, like, let's not pretend that we need to keep anybody or anything from the original DC, right? Like, like I'm I'm probably more torn up about Henry Cavill not coming back, and I'm I'm not even that broken up about it, you know. But to me, Henry Cavill Cavill was a little bit more well because he's only in 
Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and the Justice League ones, right? Like he's not in every single property. And I look, I have so many issues with Batman versus Superman, but like the performances aren't one, you know, especially especially from I'll get Wonder Woman's Batman versus Superman as well. Anyway, like especially like the Cavill performance, like he's never the bad part of the movie, um, even with a CGI mustache, you know, um, mustache. Well, I feel like the script is usually the what kind of kills those films, right? Over, so it's like, yeah, I, overindulgement of you know darkness and all this other nonsense that they try to place upon it. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. no performance could save a save Martha <laughs> moment, so there was right. true. nothing he could do about that. Yeah, I, like, I'm an apologist. Like I, I like him a lot. I was sad that he's not getting more, but then when they started doing recasting and I saw who they were bringing in and stuff, I was like, okay, that looks like a good fresh face. Like I kind of jumped on board despite yeah. being sad when that Cavill never got his fair shake. Sure. And, you know, I think, I think Joe and I talked about it a while ago. I, it's been a while since I've seen it. So I don't know if memory serves correct, but like it, Brandon Routh probably deserves a little bit more than what his legacy left for that role. You know, um, he, he, that movie wound up being pretty okay, but he was kind of enjoyable, you know, um from what i remember i don't know i haven't seen that movie since we recorded that podcast what like two years ago yeah i I thought the movie the movie's like okay but like he's really good in it though you know what i mean like i don't think he got his fair shake he's definitely that person like i like how he's getting like a a second resurgence not to go too too much off topic i like how he's kind of making a resurgence of comic book stuff yeah so like getting back to the wonder woman thing it's like first of all it's so mind-boggling because it's like you're not going to bring back henry cavill I don't think any signs point <laughs> towards Ben Affleck coming back, right? Like, yeah, I don't think so. So why bring back Gal Gadot? And like, maybe it's just because they also want to bring back Jason Momoa, and they don't want just one person, you know. So you you do. I don't. I don't know. Like, I would want Jason Momoa back. And sure, if you're gonna have anybody back, why not Gal Gadot? You know, because she's she's totally fine. She's just not irreplaceable. And um, you know, and I could say the same thing too about the current cast of Marvel characters, right? Like. Are any of them irreplaceable? Maybe Doctor Strange, and that's about it. Like maybe Benedict Cumberbatch is like just really great in that role, and that's about like I I, w- I don't want to see anybody play the, him right. Now. I mean Tom Holland Spider Man, like I guess that's it. But 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 look look here's the thing. I like the Spider Man movies, but if they just decide to bring Andrew Garfield back, I'm totally good. With, I'm happier with that. Oh, any role in any movie ever at this point, you can say you're going to bring Andrew Garfield in, and I'll jump on board. But definitely Spider Man, yeah. Andrew Garfield is the Joe Pesci character in Goodfellas. <laughs> Make him Wonder Woman. Why not? Figure it out. I, I, I definitely think there's still some like pre-existing characters in Marvel that you can't replace. like Or that I want to see more of in, of those characters. I definitely want to see more of Mackie as Captain America. Because like, people only okay. got a glimpse of that. And like, you can't replace Sebastian Stan as, as a Winter Soldier. That's not happening. Like He's just too ingrained in that character and like developed it. He's put in so much work. Like I can't see anybody else really playing that character. But like, there are there are some you're like, yeah, we could probably, we could probably, yeah. yeah. Anyway, like, I, I just, it just, it just feels like such an odd choice to say that this movie is still happening. Now, look, if if Godot was on as like producer for the rebooted Wonder Woman, like I'm totally on for that. But it sounds like she's making Wonder Woman three, not she's producing the, not she's helping produce the reboot. Like, you know, um, that it just seems so weird to me. Um, and it, it, it just, just when I thought that DC kind of had a vision it's like this really this this makes me wonder like are dc executives talking to gal gadot around james gunn like you know like that's that's what it makes me wonder and again because gunn hasn't really refuted anything as far as i know there's probably a tweet out there or whatever but like it just feels so weird to have this you know 
So maybe yeah. going back to the Charlie Cox example, maybe they're trying to pull a similar move where it's sort of keeping him as the cast, but sort of doing a soft reboot where they're kind of like, eh, the other shows aren't canon, but pretend a lot of it happened and we're going to pick but and choose. But then why don't you do it with Henry Cavill? And why don't you do it with Ben Affleck? And why don't I mean, you that's do it true. with... They should. Like, like Yeah, I want that like, Ben and, Affleck and, solo if, Batman like, movie so bad. If, if yeah. that's the route that they're, I saw a poster the other day that was like, I saw it, it too. It was kind of cringy a little bit. The, the, the Batman poster that had like, uh, it was, it was Batman and it had Jared Leto coming back as Joker. It, it looked so terrible. The, and the but all the comments were like, I would kill for that movie. And I'm like, I would rather die than see that movie. Um, you know, anyway, uh, it was, um, the, like like if that's the route they want to go like fine but now you have to explain why you're not bringing henry cavill back in like you have to explain in the world why you're choosing to bring back gal gadot first of all in the real world and in the movie world why you're choosing to bring back gal gadot but you're not bringing back henry cavill or um uh i mean there's no way ezra miller's getting another role in the dc you like hope you know, if there's a no, god I mean, you hope he wouldn't have anyway but with the tanking it did there's no chance and right yeah i think if it would have done well sadly i think it probably would have been about the sequel but but like you, you just have to explain too why you have to explain in movie and world why you're choosing to keep gal gadot but then not right like this is a very it's really interesting it's it's almost like um Oh, man, like my favorite recent trend in or not re- not even recent trend in sports, but just like since the existence of social media is like um, whatever sport you follow, like teams have gotten very public with like whenever they're hiring people like we just get to watch as, as they're talking like um, um, it's it, like when uh, I'm a Chicago fan of all things. And so it was really interesting when the when the Bears fired uh, Matt Nagy a couple of years ago. And they were like, we're interviewing this person. And we're like, that person works for another organization. How are they allowed to like tweet that, you know? And they, and, and they t- said a bunch of people and the same thing when the Blackhawks uh, fired Jeremy Colleton as their head coach. And they, um, they were like, we're interviewing this person and this person. And you're like, what? And then, and they, you know, they fired their GM and they were like, they're like, we're interviewing this person. And he's currently like the AGM of the Carolina hurricanes. Who's like the next guy, right? Like, it's just like, it, it's, we're seeing the same thing here where we're just publicly getting see. Oh, we're not going with this guy because of that we're like, we're, we're watching people get fired and hired in real time. And why? It's like, pretty it's terrible. Some of those people are watching it too. Yeah. I think some people find like, out that way. Yeah. It's kind of like reality TV, you know? Uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's <laughs> so, pretty awful when you think about the, like the, the nitty gritty details of it. Right. But we, we, we have to hear from James Gunn, why he's hiring Gal Gadot and not hiring Henry Cavill, you know, like, um if you want to do the full reboot if you want to say well aquaman was already working so aquaman 2 is still going to happen but we're just going to consider that what, what are they considering it elseworld like all the other stuff like we're considering it elseworld and we're only building off of the future which you know we'll start with blue beetle or whatever you know or the the, the whatever commando show they have coming out the animated one that gun's doing um I can't remember. Like, I'm actually really interested in. It. I just don't know the name of it right now. But anyway, is all it's, I'm thinking of. It is looks and sounds really right. cool. Like the the concept art they showed, like that one panel yeah. they showed, looked really cool. I'm all for it. So, like, look, if you want to go full reboot or even full soft reboot, like, great. I'm all for it. But like, this just throws a wrench in the matter, and it makes me wonder about maybe a miscommunication between DC head and or 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 just like maybe it was one of the things that the studio is telling Gunn like hey um no no we like Gal and she makes us money find a way to work her back into it, you know uh, or maybe it was like 
you could fire Henry, but you have to hire Gal, you know? Um, and I thought for sure she wasn't coming back after whatever, after um, there was a franchise she was previously in that a movie that came out this year confirmed her return to the franchise. I thought for sure that was the final nail in the coffin of her as Wonder Woman. Um, and I realized I'm not really like if you haven't seen them. First of all, if you haven't seen the movie, I don't think you care. But um, right. I'll, you know what movie I'm talking about. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, um, like I thought for sure that was like, oh, you know, kind of like. I think we were all speculating when Henry Cavill announced he was leaving The Witcher. We're like, oh, it's probably because he's Superman again. Now we're all thinking maybe he's James Bond. Um, I, I, I do think, though, like, I, I think people have a short memory, right? Like, people don't quite remember how terrible it was. I think people have rose-colored glasses and thinking how, like, wonderful. Which Are I like, there 84 Defenders out there? No, not 84 Defenders, but they'll, they'll, be, they'll be like, that never happened. Now... But I still love Wonder Woman, you know what I mean? Or like, well, I but I'm that, curious, I right? Like, like guy, if yeah, there man. were defenders for every movie, you know, like if there were defenders for, I know, Ultimate Cut versus Theatrical Cut, but like if there were defenders for Batman versus Superman, you know, especially for for Theatrical Cut, like... Well, they're out there. They're wrong. <laughs> they are wrong. Is there anybody out there that gave Wonder Woman 1984 more than a two-star on Letterboxd? I gotta see. Someone like Pedro shaped. Pascal enough to do it. Oh, that's... Well, he's the only reason why it got two stars. From I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm not re- referencing like somebody being accepting of that film, but being like that just never happened. You know, we've done that every once in a while. Like I've done that with um, what is that movie called? See, I forgot the movie. That's how bad the sequel was. Um, the, the one with Edgerton, the Secret Service one. Oh, the Kingsman. Oh, Kingsman. Yeah, I, I love the first Kingsman, but I haven't watched it since after I watched the sequel because I just didn't really like it that much. Like because Golden Circle is better. It is not better than the first movie. <laughs> it's not his fault but it's bad yeah he seems to no, be drawn no. to those yeah, he's drawn to those i will fight this no it is better um especially after that first watch i i felt the way you guys did after that first watch but every time i watch it i'm like oh this is way better anyway um yeah no i was just i, I know you weren't trying to say like you, you, you're definitely saying there are people out there that are just going to choose to say it doesn't exist but i'm like this Look, if there like there have to be people out there that believe that Wonder Woman 1984 is a, a, a great movie, and well, I also think that portrayal at the time and still like is like kind of important to young girls, are, right? So that I think I think also WB's banking on that too. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah, synonymous but... with the role, if you like it or not. Like like I said, I agree with you. Various degrees of like good and like not so great. You know what I mean? But look, all I'm all I'm saying. Put my executive hat on. Like how they look, I'll put your executive hat on, and I'm saying <laughs> that I think if you look, if you make the right cast, if you pick the right director, even if it's Patty Jenkins again, you know, if, if, to learn from the mistakes that she made for the first couple times, right? Just don't um, want to write the screenplay, or at least like have a yeah. co writer, have like, you know, yeah, for sure. But like, if you pick the right cast, the Wonder Woman is the thing that the little girls can be attached to, you know, like. And if you want a recent example, I think Black Panther Wakanda Forever handled it really well because Chadwick Boseman yeah. came in and was an icon for the black community. Um, and with his sad, unfortunate passing, I think they handled it really well and left oh. Wakanda Forever with a sense of hope. Um, you know, and I and I think I think I, I mean at least from 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 the people that I know like in the black community like have really really loved that and and the people that like have kids in that community like they're like the kids the kids loved it right like they they look at shuri the way they used to look at t'challa you know or mm. whatnot you know uh or they look at mbaku that same way you know 
Um, so I'm, I'm just saying, I think there's a way you can do it and you can do it well and you can do it right. And it's all good. Um, in, even in terms of representation. Anyway, I would like to stop talking about this, but I realize I probably dominated that conversation. And if, if you have any other things to say, I'm happy to, to, to give you the airtime to say them. Nah, I'm good. I think we got it. I think we talked about it quite a bit. I don't think I'm good. Cool. Okay. Let's play this game called Wavelengths. Um, So I'm going to explain the rules to you guys here. And you ask any questions you have because this is the first time you guys are hearing about this game. And I want the podcast audience um, to make sure that they are fully uh, understanding of the rules as well. Okay. So the way this is going to work is in a a minute, I'm going to take off um, my headphones. And I'm going to ask you guys to um, pick a number between um, 1 and 10. And you guys have to collectively decide on a number. Um, so um, once you guys decide on that number, um, uh, then I am going to ask you a series of questions that will be um, you give me an example of a movie that you feel fits that rating. And I have to guess that rating. Um, what what the number is you pick. And so it'll be the same number for all these categories. So I have six categories. I'm going to ask you to pick a film that would represent this number on a scale of one to 10. And so every film should be in your opinion, a this out of 10. And, you know, so let's just say, for example, the number that you guys pick is um, 10 and you guys collectively agree. You know, when I say, give me a star Wars film that fits that number. And you guys are like, sure. Like empire. All right, well, now I kind of know where to look, you know, and and if you guys collectively decide on a three and you go, you know, Solo or Phantom Menace or whatever, you know, I get talking about Star Wars is divisive nowadays. Um, but does, is this tracking? Does this make sense to you guys? I get the idea. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So you guys will pick a number. I will give you um, examples and you guys have to give me a um, you have to give me an example of a movie that you think um, would fit that cat that number. And then at the end of these six, I have to guess what I think that number actually is. And if I'm right, then I win bragging rights. And if I'm wrong, then I'm just wrong and everybody can publicly shame me. So uh, I'm going to take off my headphones and you guys talk amongst yourselves, maybe cover your mouth so I can't um, see, but don't cover the microphone uh, and uh, give me a thumbs up when you're ready for me to put my headphones back on. All right. Okay. How do we want to handle this one? Do we want to go on the extremes or go down the middle? Um, I think extremes would be good. Yeah. Maybe like a four. You do a four, yeah. Yeah, because four is like for right. Now, yeah, four is like right now. I like it's almost unwatchable. I think there's enough middling movies out there that we can come up with for each category to go with the four. That should be All doable. Right. All right, cool. I'm cool. Nice. That sounds good. All right. All right. So, listener, you've got to hear their conversation on uh, what number they picked, but I have no idea. Uh, I put my headphones down and couldn't see any of the lips. So, you guys have a number that you've agreed on? Yes. Yeah. Very nice. Tell me on a scale of one to 10, what do you guys think is a movie that would fit that number? Let's start off uh, with a sci-fi film. Okay. I'm trying to, uh, let's go. You got me on the Star Wars train now. I'm struggling not to go on Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars is sci-fi. I think the the second time I watched this movie, I probably thought this way. Probably Cowboys and Aliens. That seems like a good one. To just throw my Star Wars one... uh, Rise of Skywalker. It takes me a second to remember the titles of all of them. I th- I think that's fair. All right, that's, to- that's totally valid. I probably would go lower. I probably be like yeah, I turn this shit off now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to. Edit Man, 
All right, we are for sure <laughs> at least in the bottom half. Um, We're giving you some clues. Let's 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 go completely out there. Um, give me a rom com that you think would fit this number, or romance, any sort of like lovey dovey movie. Maybe like uh, <sighs> just friends. It's kind of a beast. It's tough because they all feel just redeemable enough sometimes that you're like, I had fun with that. Uh, I feel like what's that one? The proposal with Ryan Reynolds. Okay, I, I don't. It's been a while, so I don't remember exactly, but I feel like that probably falls into about that. I like that movie. Well, I like how they're uh, both Ryan Reynolds. I remember liking <laughs> Betty White at least. Yeah, oh, the Betty White scene is 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 top two. Uh, yeah. Give me an MCU film that would fit this rating. Stuff we referenced it earlier. I'll I'll throw a Captain Marvel out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go actually probably Thor: Dark World. Dark World. Yeah. How about an animated film? Oh, anime. Uh, I haven't even seen it, but just based on instinct, I'm going to say Trolls. I feel like Trolls is <laughs> right in there. Uh, probably like Sing. Two films I haven't seen. That's all right. Uh, how about a horror film? Ooh, I'm trying to go into the sequel ranges of horror films. Of I'll uh, throw out maybe uh, Escape Room. I think that counts as horror, right? Yeah, I like yeah, that counts. Movie. Say, second, yeah, maybe, one kind of, second one kind of sucks. I like the first one. I was going to say, yeah, I'm thinking more maybe Escape Room, the sequel. I just can't remember the name of it. <laughs> Tournament the of Champions. Sequel. Thank you. There you go. With the extended cut that has a completely different ending. Which, oddly, I own because it was just as cheap to buy it from the Redbox as it was to rent it, and it wasn't available <laughs> to stream anywhere. So that was the route we took. I own it because I really liked the first one. Mm. I did enjoy the first one. It was fun. Creative, at least. Most of the Friday the 13th movies. Okay, Friday the 13th, all except for the original. <laughs> There's a couple of moments. Like, I mean, the sensors like, killed them. It's like they destroyed them. The kills are supposed uh, to be like, way more brutal. Last one. How about you guys give me a comedy that you feel fits this rating? Uh, let's go Scary Movie 3. Pretty much any spoof movie from the early 2000s, but just throw that one in there. What was the Dumb and Dumber prequel? Dumb and yeah. Dumber. Oh, no. Yeah, it was Dumb and Dumber Er was the prequel, and that Dumb was and Dumber prequel. Two T O was the yeah, we, there yeah, we go sequel. I never saw the sequel. Was it any good? You're not missing out on anything. All right, the original's amazing. That it's still great. <laughs> yeah, so I'll go with that. All right. Well, there's certainly no way this is higher than a three, but some of these picks have me thinking that you guys picked one, but like, like. Sorry, I if you think t- the pro- if you think the proposal is a is a one, then you need to watch that movie again. Uh, I was I was struggling to think of a romantic comedy I didn't enjoy, so I just kind of picked one and threw it. So that might not be accurate. I don't I don't think time. you guys would have picked one, and if you would have, I think you could have picked worse examples. Um, well, this game puts you on the spot too. Like you're like, oh, I gotta rack my brain for one. Like, yep, yep. Because yeah, I-, I struggle with the pulling names out of the top of the head sometimes. So I'm just like, what's any romantic comedy? Get one. What's a horror movie? <laughs> yeah, pull, pull it out. Um, <laughs> man, I'm gonna go ahead. I, I don't know that this is the right thing to do because I don't know that Joe should have said it, but I think the fact that you said that you would rate Rise of Skywalker lower leads me to believe that I think I think the number is three. Am I right? Really close. We we did a four, but I yeah, think four. we didn't answer super accurately to a four. I think maybe we picked a poor number because four is really hard to. Hmm. find on that scale of like what's something that's bad but not like terrible bad yeah yeah no yeah. that's all right no, it's I, like, I, it's like I, someone will I show up on tbs it. and you might watch it and like ah, sure yeah i'll watch no it. four four is like you know for nostalgia's sake or 
you know, Cowboys and Aliens, right? Like you said, Joe, like that first time you watch it probably got a one and it got bumped up to a four, you know, which I is still it, a bad score. It was actually but... higher for me because I was like riding the, the Iron Man hype. I was like, oh, this is like a seven or an eight. This is yeah. great. And then you watch it again, you're like, yeah, this is really fizzling out. This is real bad. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like, look, like Scary Movie 3, bad, but right. It's not Scary Movie 4, you know, or 5. Yeah. Right? It was Escape before Room Charlie 2 Jean is it, fine. It's not Saw 5, you know. Um, yeah, it's definitely you know. not Saw 5. It's Captain at least Marvel creative. Is, is, yeah. is totally okay, right? I mean, Throw the Dark World is about as bad as it gets. But right, think, let's, I, let's I, not pretend that Throw the Dark like, World is a 1 out of 10, you know. I'm like one of those people that really likes Captain Marvel, but... Like I said, I can see why people don't. So. Well, this is the other thing too. It's like it's subjective, so I like I have to take in your guys's taste. So yeah, it's cool. not. Yeah, that did not take as much time as I thought. Are either of you interested in being in the hot seat? Because I'd be willing to go sure. an, another round or two if you got if you guys want a shot at it. Say, so, do we just do the same uh, categories? Same categories, except the other two people will pick. Okay, let me write down what the categories were, so I don't even <laughs> pulling up categories draw a blank. Yeah. Uh, it's sci-fi, rom-com, MCU film, comedy, animated, and horror film. Okay, next. Let me take the headphones off. Let you guys pick a number. We'll give it a shot. All right. So let's see. I think that we <laughs> maybe need to go along the lines of maybe a little bit higher this time. Yeah, let's do it. Um, not too high, though, right? It can't be like a 10. What about a... Seven. Seven's kind of that middle ground. Right, it's not. It's not great, but it's not terrible. It's, yeah, it's like upper mid. Like you're like, man, I probably yeah, like Wonder Woman one is like a seven. You know, I think it's higher than that. But that's a different story. <laughs> that's a different conversation altogether. Uh, cool. Let's land on a seven. We'll be good. We'll go. Yeah, let's that. do that. That's good. Cool. All right, we have our number for you, Jason. Fantastic. What is it? No. Uh, <laughs> let's let's go to the questions. So the one to ten, where would it fall for us? Sci-fi. I'm thinking Star Trek Into Darkness. So, I have to pull my own feeling towards that out of the equation. Mm-hmm. I am an apologist for that movie. That's that's where we fall into what we said the last time with the guilty pleasure movies, where I'm like, I know the flaws. I know it has a lot of issues. I know Miracle Blood is terrible, but damn, did I not have fun in that movie. I'll, sure. probably, I'll probably say Logan's Run. Logan's Run. I always just go to the Family Guy parody of it and forget about the actual movie. <laughs> All right, moving on to the rom-coms. Mm. What was that recent one with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock? Oh, the Lost City? Yeah. Or Forgotten? I think Lost City. Yeah, let's go with that. I'll go with The Last Christmas. Or not The Last Christmas, Last Christmas. That Amelia Clark and um, uh, what's the guy's name? The Gentleman and G.I. Joe Snake Eyes and whatnot. It was Paul oh. Feig Christmas one. I think it's That was a newer one, right? Like a year or two ago? Uh, 2021, I think. Oh, okay. 19, I never maybe. got around to that one. I remember seeing it. It looked like it was worth checking out and then never got to it. All right. MCU for Thor. I'm going Incredible Hulk. And now we go to comedy. Comedy's hard, man. <laughs> so hard to judge. Hmm. Uh, Ghost, Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters. Um, boy, this one is hard. It is. Not even looking anything up either. Strike off top let's, of the dome. Ooh, I got it. I got it. Um, let's go with The Water Boy. Ah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Man, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch that tonight. <laughs> thanks for giving it's me been a Thanks for putting that in my head right now. I need to watch something politically incorrect. <laughs> Old school <laughs> Sandler. Something terrible. That middle tier between the greatness of Sandler and the downfall of Sandler, right in the that middle sweet spot. It is that sweet okay. spot. Animated. What do we got? Ooh, 
My first thought is Elemental. I'm going to go with... Uh, some people are going to hate me. Titan A. And closing out with Horror. This is a really interesting like number for Horror. Should number. Um, Boy. You know what? I'll just stick to my guns. Uh, Saw 6. <laughs> I'm like, that franchise is one of my favorites. <laughs> in it. It is, that, that, that franchise alone has, a, has 1 through 10s all over it. <laughs> uh, I'll say I'll say Halloween too. Original Carpenter. Oh, that's that's a great pick. All right, time to start breaking down some clues here. Sam. This is actually a fun game. I do like it's this. It's kind of fun. It's legit. I like having a round two to play with too, because we did a four before, and for MCU, he picked Thor: The Dark World. So mm-hmm. my gut tells me he likes Thor more than Thor: The Dark World because he's human. So I want to go higher than a four, but I don't want to go much higher than a four because it's Thor and it's Incredible Hulk. It's Ghostbusters 2, not Ghostbusters. It's Waterboy, not Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I feel like a 6 is almost too high for a few of these, so I'm going to go 5. I think we're landing right in the middle. Which ones do you think 6 is a little too high for? Uh, I feel like Incredible Hulk feels like a 6 is pushing it. I think Ghostbusters 2, honestly, is like the goodwill of the first one is great, but the second just doesn't live up to it, so I feel like that's a firm 5. And honestly, there's a lot of these I haven't seen in some of these categories. There are a couple that I liked more than a five. I enjoyed Lost City. I enjoyed Star Trek Into Darkness more than most. So those I would have put closer to a six or seven. So I could see it being a six, but not any higher. But I'm going to go five. We did not pick five. Uh, We went with seven. Oh, okay. I like Into Darkness a good amount. It's it's not great, but it's it's got a good amount. I like it more than most people. I like that I'm wrong on this one because it makes some of the ones that I like more than I thought you guys did. Like, oh no, we're in the same boat. Like, Into no, Darkness, I, and I'm, and that's I've a good score. Pretty vocal about Incredible Hulk being pretty underrated. I think it is. I think a lot of the ones that are always people's bottom barrel Marvel that they like to kind of take right. down are better than they get credit it's for. It's still yeah. pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I always yeah. enjoy watching that one. But yeah, Lost City was another one. I had a lot of fun with that. I think a seven is right where that belongs. Yeah, I feel like I could turn that on with my wife and like just crack up. She likes Sandra Bullock. Yeah. I think Channing Tatum's all funny. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Joe, do you want to go, or would you rather move on? Films. Yeah, I want to move on. Yeah. Cool. That's all right. I sprung this on you guys last minute, and I thought, you know what? We'll go at least run around, but then it went pretty quick. I was like, you know what? Let's do that. We can do this if we want. All right. Oh, we're already 40 minutes in, so let's move on um, to the SIF topic. Um, we are going to um, we're going to move past the random question because it's all it's all good, and um, we are here 40 minutes in. Uh, we are skipping past the coming attractions as long as the uh, WGA SAG after strike is uh, currently in effect. Still, I know there are still some films that are like allowed to be there, you know, not struck in um, that they are allowed to, um, you know. To, to continue writing for and acting for and promoting for. Um, so I know there are some films on that list, um, but we're just until the studios uh, can just do what's right. We're going to um, not choose to promote their new films. So um, you got to talk with Joe and uh, Jason for a little bit. So if you are interested in hearing more thoughts from them, um, where can people find you? Uh, Jason, let's start with you. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at jmaclmt. I don't post too much on there. X, I guess. I don't know what you call it these days. But uh, there, it's and then just, Twitter.com. It's just still JasonMac86 on Letterboxd. Both of those are websites where I desperately need to get better at posting more frequently. I need to start logging some stuff. I definitely have a backlog of things to put on Letterboxd. So 
Mm-hmm. So I need to do that, but mainly go to Sif Pop, find me there. I, like Joe, haven't written much other than the BECs for a while, but I'm coming on a tear, going ham on some Meg content. So I have mm-hmm. uh, one I already submitted that should be out soon about comparing the first Meg movie to the novel, which I didn't know until recently there were novels, but I binged through that book and did sort of a thing. And then I also have a review that I'll be submitting tonight for the Meg to or Meg to the Trench. And I talked to the author of the novel to do sort of a interview on what it's like to get to the point of having your book adapt or adapted and everything like that. Yeah. I'm really excited for those. Uh, it's just on me. I haven't, uh, haven't got them finalized, uh, but they'll be good because uh, I've been behind on getting the, the other two in. So if you are, if you are listening to this podcast, even if it's early on Patreon, um, those articles will be uh, live on the website. So uh, speaking of Patreon, patreon.com slash hiphopwr in case you're interested um, in finding out more content. Uh, Joe, where can people find you in case they want to hear more um, uh, thoughts from you? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Star Spangled Avenger. It's an underscore under each one of those words. Um, yeah, like I previously stated, if you watch the show, uh, talk about like anime, comic books, a variety of things weight trainings just a bunch of stuff but yeah just regularly post on there nice let's get into it let's talk about Westworld and future world i was also going a little bit uh over on on the intro stuff because guys i i first of all i don't think the b plot will take us long at all um but i i know how i feel about this movie these movies i don't know how much i have to say about either of them uh Quick reminder, we will be spoiling all of these movies in their fullest. Um, so if you haven't seen the Westworld 1973 film that the HBO series is based off of, uh, at least based off of the concept um, or future world, and you care to see them um, with a completely untouched eye, then now is your time to pause or to skip ahead um, and to come back after you've seen them. Um, which, by the way, like pretty breezy. Westworld is 90 minutes and future world is 110. So like. They're not terribly long. Yeah. Um, so um, there's your spoiler warning. We are full out of the gates, uh, ready to talk about anything, everything about this movie. Let's start with Westworld 1973, written and directed by Michael Crichton. Um, dude has something about amusement parks going wrong. Um, he's got that like niche in him. He's got maybe he, somebody, he must've had a nightmare as a kid and just found four different ways of expressing it. But uh, Westworld, 1973 uh real quick what's your history with this movie um i've never seen the movie i was interested in seeing the movie because i love the show so much which i've seen the first three seasons of i haven't got around to season four yet um but after watching these man it's like i really want to watch them again um and actually finish out the series this time so uh that's my and i never saw future world either so that's my brief history uh jason what about you uh yeah i'd never seen either of them before this past week uh a lot of Love for the show like you. I really want to get back to rewatching it because I've never gone back. I've always really wanted to go back to season one, especially of Westworld. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have watched all four seasons. Sad that we're not getting the fifth one unless something mm-hmm. changes down the line. But but yeah, no, I completely, I mean, not oblivious to him. I knew Westworld existed as a movie. I did not know Future World was a thing at all until we went to do this. So that was a surprise. But, but yeah, no, I'd, I'd always wanted to check out Westworld, but never got around to it. And Joe? Yeah, um, I had heard of uh, Westworld way prior to them like making it a show. Um, it was on. Um, it was a spinoff show of um, I Love the Eighties. It's called I Love the Seventies, and they literally talked. That was like one of the talking points was talking about Westworld. And I think they touched upon a little bit of Future World, but more mainly talked about Westworld, of course, because it's more prominent. But uh, yeah, and then I was just like you. I was interested in watching the the film, 
because I I'd heard about the film prior to that and I loved the show. Um, yeah, that's it. That's the history. Nice. Cool. Um, Jason, I want to go back into your uh, thing. Real, you said you mentioned about how like you wanted uh, to rewatch the show. So I watched season one and then to prepare for season two, I watched one and two. And then I got married before three came out because I remember like season three premiere was like right at the start of lockdowns. Um, yeah. And uh, and that was really fun. Um, ironically. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we were like, I remember like I, I had made my wife binge. um season one and two with me I, like i started her out in season one and after an episode she was like i'm in and then we watched season one and two together and then we watched season three week to week and then yeah. um, she and then season two was a pr- pretty big letdown for her and season three was better but not worth investing her time for season mm-hmm. four she's like just watch it without me and, and then i was just facts. getting discouraged because finding out like you know the reviews weren't excellent and then it was canceled and i was like no you know and, yeah and i would say i mean not to get into a review of season four but i would say Season four was another kind of letdown where the season itself wasn't great, which I feel bad. I love Aaron Paul and he does great. But the season itself, not the best, but where it was building toward for season five had me like by the end. So it was like all season. I was kind of like, okay, okay. It gets very esoteric and kind of just kind of sticking its head up its own areas and just sort of getting way too deep. But then by the end, it hit this point of where it was going to go next that I was like, Oh no, I'm in. Let's let's do this. You're gonna end on the high. Let's go for it. I remember just... I, I watched the first episode of season four, like I think right when the season had wrapped or when it was getting close to wrapping, and I was so lost. Like I, re- I at this point, I definitely need to re- rewatch season three. But you know what? I might just rewatch the whole season, whole series. Anyway, but I also want to bring that up because I little context. You should know that I believe that Westworld season one is the single greatest TV of se- season of TV ever produced. So. Uh, I would not fight you on that. If, yeah. If Westworld season one is a mini series, it is the best show that, that there ever has been. Um, I think it is perfect to a T. So yeah, Westworld, the film, amazing. did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? Uh, Joe, you've seen it before. Why don't you kick us off? Yeah, I think overall, as far as like pros go, I think the premise, of course, is excellent. <laughs> That's why it took off and got turned into a show. Um, you, you can tell that they wanted to tee off for bigger things. That's why we got We'll talk about later future world, but they definitely left the door open to do future things, but they didn't end up doing so. But we'll, you know, we'll talk about that later. But um, uh, overall, uh, I think the villain is super effective. I think Yul Brenner is really amazing. Um, I think the set design is really excellent. I like the little switcheroo they do with the leads. Um, overall, um, with the premise and everything, the, the execution isn't perfect. I really like it. I don't think it's great, um, but I think for the time and what they had, I think it, I think it does what it needs to do. Nice. Um, Jason, what about you? Like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, think it's just okay. Yeah, I think just falling right into that like it, especially trying to watch it through the lens of seeing it how it would have been seen back then and not through the idea of like knowing what it became with the show and comparing it against that. Like I thought it was a good, I think it helped that it was breezy. I think it had a lot of good elements, like you said, but overall it is one of those things where it's just sort of like they get to a park, they go to the park, the park goes wrong a little bit stuff goes down and then that's it so it was sort of like there's not a lot to it but it was a good fun time a really interesting concept so so yeah right in the like it i had fun with it um i i wanted to preface all of that my love for the show by saying i think the movie is probably on the high side of it's just okay for me but as much as i could try jason i couldn't do what you're doing i i can only watch it from the perspective of i've seen this show that i adore and it is one of those that 
if the show never existed, I would probably be in the like it camp. But because the show exists and because I'm very familiar with especially that first season, which like has a lot of what is happening in this movie going on, um, significantly less, though. Um, This is a very boiled down, very simple movie. There isn't much complexity here. And you know what? It's not really going for that. And that's a okay. But when you when I have the familiarity and the adoration of some of of the next version of this that I think is some of the best things ever put on a camera um it's just it's it certainly has some expectations and it is really nice to see that there's a lot of things that the show just took as a direct homage um to the original film i mean i know that like the show had the gunslinger character talking with ford um a lot it wasn't the same actor of course and it wasn't even like a same likeness but it was supposed to be like the same character and even just the relationship of like our two lead characters and how they very much parallel the um jimmy simpson and ben barnes characters from season one like how they're like these yeah. one of them has been there as a season and, and introducing the other one who's kind of like this uh really innocent guy that you can you can kind of see the He's one is completely yeah. indulging and the one is kind of dipping his toe in the water you know? once, once like definitely a pov character kind of more you know what i mean yeah we're, we're seeing it through so, his lens you know so like it's really interesting like you could definitely see a lot of a lot of the inspiration like the show seems to be a pretty um like it seems to honor the original not not demean it or anything you know a lot of times some of these reboots are like trying to ignore the original because i think it would be very easy to say we're going for a very high-tech show set in the future in the near future this is a movie that came out in 1973 it's supposed to take place in 1983 but yeah like let's be honest guys this movie was made 15 years like i was wrestling with this in my head for so long because like this movie is made 15 years ahead of its time because the concepts that it's wrestling with and the technology it's trying to display i think would be excellent but at the same time you put it 15 years later and it's a late 80s movie and all the fun sciency part of it would have been ripped out for dumb action like mm-hmm. you yeah. know so it's like this movie this would be like like i'm so happy that this concept has gotten revived and we thought about doing that for the b plot um, other concepts that were just too good for the movies that they're actually in. But um, it's, this is definitely one of those weird, you, you look, you're like 1973 for this. Like, you know, um, I like, like a lot of seventies. Like it's remarkable. Stuff. Cause they, they, they kind of like swing. Like you said, they don't play it safe. They swing for the fences. They don't, like I said, if this would have been done in the eighties, it would have been more action based. Yeah. It would have starred Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, I don't even know that, you know, like, maybe like Ruger Hauer, like somebody, you know what I mean? Or like, you know what I mean? Like it'd be totally different. You know Dolph, I mean? Dolph Lundgren would have been the gunslinger. Dolph you know? Lundgren would have um, been, you know, in it, <laughs> some capacity. Could have been okay. Yeah. And the gunslinger um, would have had it, lots of like. It would have been fine. It would have just been very, very different. Um, would have had catchphrases as he was going around menacing yeah. and doing everything. Would have been, yeah. Well, one thing Joe alluded to it before we started recording, but like looking through the trivia, like this was the inspiration for the T one thousand. T one. What is T eight hundred? Yeah. Okay. Like the gunslinger, like, and it was one of those that, like, I got that vibe when totally I watched it. So, yeah. I mean, and not only that, but James Cameron even admits that this movie was like the biggest, like, visual inspiration for the Terminator. Because even like when we see the POV of the gunslinger, like, it's kind of just like Terminator. You know? yeah. So like yeah. they, they lifted it. Yeah. Like it's so it's it's a great it's, homage. It's, it's it's remarkable that like this movie is not just. Um, is not just adored by people now. But I mean, at least this 
this film isn't liked or the performance can't be adored by people now. Um, you know, I didn't know about, I didn't know this movie existed at all until the show was announced. And even then I didn't know the show was based off of a movie until I've turned it on and it said based off of the, you know, the film by Michael Crichton or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, intrigued. Um, but like, it also says that, uh, John Carpenter, um, like the, the gunslinger was the inspiration for Michael Myers, the indestructible na- nature of Michael Myers and Halloween. And you're like, you totally see it. Like, yeah, it's one of those you're watching this and you're like, that's it's T one. It's T 800 meets Michael yeah. Myers, you know? Yeah. T800 makes a shape like, you know, Michael Myers type deal. He's yeah. Like, it's, it's just awesome. Like how, how films that we have known to be classics now were inspired by this one. It's also crazy too. Like you take something that, I mean, you boil it down, like, even though it has like this excellent premise, it, it is essentially a slasher type of film towards a certain part of it. It transforms, right? The and, ending uh, of it is, yeah, it kind of transforms to be that. But then like, you know what I mean? You get this really like in-depth kind of like life kind of like i wouldn't say like changing this, this show that d- deals with the complexities of life and like what life means you know what i mean out of that you know what i mean you take that premise and like retrofit it it's crazy to me like you get you couldn't get two different things you know what i mean <laughs> from you know, uh, i want to talk a show. little bit of, like about the the what you mentioned how it kind of turns into a slasher um for a bit like what part of the film worked the best for you was it that or was it like the lead up to it I don't, I think they, I think they were in service of each other. I think they really worked. I think they did a lot of upfront world building that a lot of people don't catch um, mm. with like the people in the crew talking. Like, it seems like it's like really just like, why are they showing this? But they're showing you like, and they even bring it up in the sequel, which we'll talk about. Like they took all the ego out of it by like replacing some of the people that work there with certain people. So when you, when you see these people interact, you're like, oh, I can see all this going wrong right now. Just because human, when there's human interaction involved with doing jobs, there's going to be some type of problem, you know what I mean? So like that could be like part of the reason why the, you know, the part was running the way it did, you know? So. Sure. Um, Jason, what about you? Which part worked better? I think maybe the first part, just cause I was enjoying the anticipation of, okay, when's it going to turn? What's going to go wrong? How's it going to go South? Like, you know, it's coming, but not knowing what the turning point is going to be had me intrigued. I like that. Um, yeah. I, it, I'm struggling to pick like, I think they both work well. And so I think, I think you're right, Joe. I think they work both well hand in hand, but it almost just like with a 90 minute runtime, it almost felt like the movie kind of was two different movies. Um, I was almost like, I was thinking the whole time, I feel very similar to the way that we talked about Constantine, where it's like, I feel like this is the really, a really great sequel to a film. I think like a film that kind of establishes Delos and Westworld. And then the sequel is the machines go haywire. Um, like is really interesting, you know, where you could where you could explore the nature of the world, and you could even hint hint that the machines are starting to maybe go bad, and then your sequel, or maybe even like your ending for the first movie is the machines have gone haywire, and we're trapped in here now, and your whole second movie is them being chased by the gunslinger, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, like, I, I think that's why this ended up like being better in a TV medium, just because of just because of what we're talking about right now. You know what I mean? Like, sure. That it's. This this is way too much for for a singular ninety minute movie. And There's a lot going on in this movie for ninety minutes. <laughs> and like, look, it's 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 good. It's I, I'm 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 really surprised I didn't come away from this movie going I really didn't like it. Um, but like, because you can see Crichton knows what he's doing. He it, it's almost one of those where he just didn't have the tools accessible to him. And I mean, even right movies coming out in the seventies, right? Still like. This is four years before the first Star Wars. Like, 
this stuff isn't prestige the way that the Westworld TV show was made. You know, like Crichton's clearly onto something here. And obviously Jurassic Park is a very similar version of this. And <laughs> <Right>. it's <laughs> an excellent book and in one of the best films made of all time, you know? Um, so it's like clear that Crichton knows what he's doing and, and interesting that he wrote the screenplay and directed the film. Uh, but you can just kind of tell it's it's it feels like it's limited by um, just the time frame that it was made. And it feels like it's limited by budget um, sort of by the scope, certainly budget. Yeah. Um, it almost even feels like it's limited by what the studio really wanted to do. Like, you know, that the studio really only wanted here's a person a time traveler, essentially a time traveler getting lost in the wrong time now being chased down by, you know, the, the best gunslinger that ever lived, you know? Yeah. Um, Elevator pitch. And like, you know, here you go. Yeah. So like it's, it's, you know, and I also think the movie is maybe limited by um, like, like just again, just runtime. Like it really feels like Crichton doesn't even like this final version. Um, I, I was looking through the trivia earlier. It was like, Something about how his his initial movie was was really longer, uh, or it was a lot longer, and then he um, uh, needed to come it needed needed to trim it down um, and and delete a good amount. I'm not. I'll have to take a look to see exactly what I th- saw, but it's like, it, it almost feels like that, right? Like like it feels like one of those movies where you're like, oh, there's there was a bigger movie in here, and then it kind of got cut down to be a very basic movie with a really intriguing premise, you know. And I yeah. think Jurassic Park manages to to hit both of those, you know? And so it's like, it's clear the 20 years between Westworld and Jurassic park, Crichton really figured it out. And of course having Spielberg direct it, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I just, I don't think he had the ratios correct. I think, I think that's what the problem was. Sure. Yeah. That, that was also, I think it was an aspect, everything else that we, we basically covered, you know, didn't help for sure. But, um, like you said, it's, I do wish they'd been able to have more of like sort of the, when things are going wrong, showing more people coming to terms with that and how they're trying to survive. Cause I mean, it's unique that it is just sort of this one guy's story of trying to get away from this other one robot. But I felt like it was a lot of just like, there was so much chaos and destruction going on, but all you see is like the aftermath and a little bit of, I mean, you see the one guy get run through with a sword and a little bit of stuff, but I felt like a little more of that and seeing a little more of the panic of the park goers realizing what was going on would have been interesting. Yeah. Maybe set up some more characters. Yeah. yeah. Some more fodder, but um, I found the trivia piece. Michael Crichton re-edited the first cut of the film because he found it long and boring. Um, which oh, you don't okay. want the movie to be that either, you know. Like this movie yeah. certainly wasn't boring, and it certainly wasn't long, you know. So, but it's yeah, it it feels like what a shell of what it could be. And I'm so much of me is like it it it's me fighting my knowledge of the HBO series, but at the same time, like I can't, I just can't remove it. And it's like you can t- you can tell, like I think I think Crichton would be really happy. Well, um, I guess I got to look. I don't know. Is he passed in 2008? Um, I think he would be phenomenally happy with the TV show. I think, I think, th- I think he would watch the TV show, especially that first season. And he'd be like, yes, this is what I was going for. I was just limited by this, this, and this, and this, I, you know, it, it really feels, um, it really feels like, yeah. yeah he gives the Howard Stark speech. And he was limited right, by, if, by the technology of his time. Yeah, I'm limited by the technology <laughs> of my time. Yeah. No, but it really feels like, you know, if you could show, if you could show Crichton Westworld season one, he would be like, that's exactly what I was going for. I just, I just couldn't, or it didn't work out or like, it, it, it sounds like, I mean, part, partly to budget concerns and partly to just how the movies were made. Like this was filmed in 30 days and the two like Crazy. human leads <laughs> were cast within 48 hours of filming started. Like it just sounds like 
again, studios just saying, go ahead and you know, do this and do it quick and do it cheap, you know? Um, I think it's kind of and impressive hopefully too. it makes us money. Yeah, it, it's really impressive when you consider the, all that. Yeah, because like the two leads, I feel like they have like good chemistry. Like I feel like they yeah, work, they do. They work well together. Yeah, they do. And by the way, you know, just you know, James Brolin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just he's just yeah, this small time actor during that time was just kind of in this movie. Yeah, it, yeah, I, I really love how they kind of do that though. Like, like yeah, this this guy's totally fine. He's the hero. He's like the dude. And like, uh, look, you know, uh, Michael Crichton never gave any serious thought to those bigger themes of the show where it's sort of that idea of what constitutes consciousness and all of that, where it's like, are the robots not like existing beings because we created them because they have their own independent thought and all of that stuff that the show really does a great job diving into. I wonder if he thought about any of that in creating the movie and just couldn't, I mean, obviously in a movie runtime, that's really hard to dive deep into all that. Yeah. So that, I wonder if there's any hard great... to like, well done. I would, I would be really interested if he took the Jurassic Park route where this was a, a novel that then was adapted. Like if he had all the time in the world, you know, it's just he's got to turn in a script to a publisher at some point, you know, and yeah, um, be able to to flesh it out or, you know, whatnot. And, and, and maybe maybe he wanted to explore ideas of that of conscious uh, consciousness like you were talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just uh, it's all just interesting to me. <laughs> Um, which is funny I but, usually am more of the pessimist but I took the opposite approach of you where I instead sort of watched the movie and went oh my god I'm even more blown away by the show now of what they were able to pull from this and turn into what they did versus kind of the other way of it of looking back on the movie and being like this doesn't hold up compared to that I yeah I mean I, I really tried to separate my experiences but then it was just like the show is remaking the movie with connections like it's really hard you know there's even like that th that scene early on where um uh, where they're they're in the saloon and uh and the james brolin you know is, is that you know he's telling him like don't worry about the bank robbery down the street like this will yeah. be more fun you know and it's like th like the same conversations happen in right. <laughs> in the first season of westworld you know and yeah. uh like the same setup the same uh, you know, you have Maeve owning the brothel and sending, you know, the ladies and uh, but you do also get the the bank robbery scene, you know, um, you know, and you get the random guy that becomes the hero, you know, uh, uh, like you get a lot of like it's I, I tried so hard to separate. But then at the same time, it's like the show does such a good job imitating. But like it's 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 enhancing the original, but it also is then making me feel like uh, like there's a lot of missed opportunity. And yeah. I'm I'm just. I'm I'm choosing to just blame it on probably studio pressures and budget constrictions and whatnot, just to to really to really leave this this film to be um, still really well done for what it sounds like. But um, again, one of those if the show doesn't exist, I'm probably going liked that quite a bit. And please God, let's get a remake. The one of the one times I would ask for a remake. <laughs> Uh, but because the show exists, I, I, it's one of those where I can go, thank God we have the remake that really took this concept and ran forward with it and did it in a extremely satisfying way. So um, again, especially that to that, I have to give some credit to uh, Ramin Jawadi because you heard elements that I kept picking up on that watching the movie of hearing bits of what his score pulled from mm -hmm. that and became this infinitely better thing. And they had some interesting music and it wasn't poorly done or anything, but what he pulled from that and turned into the score for the show. And they, oh, they straight up used the score from the original film 
in like the biggest climactic moment in season one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's the, I found the scores to both films actually to be quite impressive. I liked them a lot. Um, but uh, um, just to give credit to the movie where, I mean, it's hard not to say the show is so much better and everything, but one thing I'll say the movie does slightly better than the show, which is probably the only thing, but uh, the way that they kind of give you a taste of the fact that other parts of the park exist. I mean, yeah. I, the show, I mean, it's called Westworld and that should be the focus, but I feel like I wish I knew a little more of what was going on in there, just little teases. And I think the movie at least gives you a little sampling of that, showing you a little bit of, I don't remember the names exactly, but medieval world and Roman world and that kind of thing. So no, it was medieval world and Roman world. Yeah. There, there okay, was I nailed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and again, even expanding on that lore, you know, we're like um, uh, the, the TV show. I don't think they ever like reference a, a medieval world. Or Roman world, yeah, but they have. They do. It's they, a they mention. Line, I think but... they mention that they have seven parks, and one of them is the Samurai World, and then they have yep. um, the World War Two one, and they have uh, West World, of course, and they have. And then uh, the season four, there is like a. It's kind of like a nineteen. It's like a Prohibition world, like a nineteen twenties or thirties or whatever. Got it. Yeah, well, I know they like teased them or saw them or whatnot. Yeah, but yeah. Like, I don't. I don't think that they were. There might have been immediately. Anyway. Um, but yeah, like the, the focus is on Westworld, but it was really nice to also see like, again, even in this original movie, it's not just Westworld, you know, it's Delos, yeah. which has Westworld and medieval world and Roman world. And look, Delos knows exactly what you're going to what you're wanting while you're there, you know, like um, they know, the, you know, they designed the robots. And the first thing when they thought about opening a tourist park is people are going to try to have sex with this robot, you know, so yeah, that was um, the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> it's terrible. And, and it's so it's like it's it just it it it's consistent with like the the show and the movie and it's just like yeah it, it's um I gotta stop saying you know show and movie because I'm really trying to talk about this movie on its own but it's it's just kind of hard because because it's such a simplistic movie with a really ingenious concept that unfortunately doesn't get fleshed out enough but is I think ultimately saved by the gunslinger the Yul Brynner performance um yeah and the way that it's shot and filmed is man even the moment where they come to the duel and he shoots james brolin and he just looks he's like huh like like felt very nonchalant um like a lot of the like like some of these if, if it, it almost kind of felt like in kong skull island where that guy like runs with the grenades and the dinosaur just slaps him away you know um it was just one of those like but like it's one of those like oh like it's real it's happening and we all knew that was coming, but now he has to deal with this and, you know, and, and simultaneously process his best best friend or whatever their relationship is. Um, I, I like yeah. how Brolin's character, like, I don't know if he did this on purpose, but it looked like he drew kind of slow on purpose. Like, because he's like, there's no danger. Like, yeah, oh, he, this guy he's again? casual, right? And he's like, he's like, yeah, I he's got, been to Westworld a bunch. I got shot. Like, like they treated it like it was who's going to get the spider out today of like, you get this one, I got this one. I, right, I got right, it. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's the point, right? It's it's the most mundane thing they've done at a ton, especially him, you know, whatever. But this is the first time it ever happens. And it's it, it's all, it's very similar, I think, to like the reaction like the, the man in black has in um, uh, yeah. like, <laughs> in in the 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 TV show, just because you're like, he's 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 almost happy. He's almost like, he shot me. And then, you know, he gets shot again and he di- he's not really happy that he got shot, obviously, but he's just like, huh, like this is that thrill that I've been seeking. Uh, it's just awesome. Um, yeah. Um, I don't have anything else to say. Do you guys? 
not I mean we kind of touched on it I think Earl Brenner is like excellent in this film I thought uh, he was perfectly cast I mean he pretty much this is the character that he plays in most films uh, most well known for being in westerns so uh, I think he's a great heavy in this uh, we already talked about how he kind of like uh, single-handedly kind of changed the industry with uh, some of his performance uh, but, but yeah uh, overall I, I like this movie a lot um, I don't think it's great it's not perfect I think it has an excellent premise which was proof of the TV show but uh, yeah that's what I gotta say about it it looks like Crichton did write a book. It looks like after the movie, it, apparently it's not quite a novelization. It's like a tie-in book. Interesting. Um, several minor changes. Some scenes would be shortened in the film. Some removed entirely. Slightly alternate ending. Since the script is basically what you see on the screen. Yeah. So like, oh, and somebody says it's not the story. It's the script. So it sounds like, okay. So it sounds like this, they just released this script. Ah, okay. As, just a full yeah anyway um yeah you i i really almost wondered because i was just like like do you do you think that he looked back on this as the one that got away <laughs> like yeah i mean it's I'll, disappointing I'll... to come back and find out that there isn't a book because you go to watch the movie and you see michael Crichton directed and wrote it and you assume like oh he must have done the book and then they said hey you want to direct it but no because that's the kind of thing i would have watched this movie watched the show and then gone back to like okay i gotta go read the book now i need to see how similar how different I'm a sucker for that. Once I watch a thing and know there's a book about it, I have to go dive into the thing and see the source material. But mm-hmm. alas, no book. I'm just dying to, to stumble across an article of somebody talking about it with him, you know, in in the in the last years of his life and him just being like, that's the one that got away. You know, like Jurassic Park took off and was big. Yeah. Congo was what it was. Um, you know, he had success with the, with a lot of his books, like the Indominus strain and whatnot. You know, he the lost world. Like he's certainly had a, a well done career, but like, I just, I would love to, for him to believe like that's the one that got away. And then also just to like, know that at least based off of this film that like he would be, I, I can assume he would love the series anyway. Um, let's move on then. Let's talk about future world. Cause this is not by Crichton and this didn't have uh, a HBO follow-up series. However, it is a sequel to Westworld and there are some things it, that are introduced in this film that are, um, introduced in the show as well. One of the biggest ones being, as Joe mentioned earlier, uh, that a lot of the staff um, are these AI, um, which in the first one, it's all humans. And there, there's a kind of throwaway line in the second one that uh, um, says that uh, they were, repl- they, st- they realized that the biggest issue with the things going wrong at Westworld was there was humans controlling everything and they, you know, couldn't react properly or whatever. So let's, Make everybody AI. Um, this is a very different movie than what I thought it would be. I mean, it's called Future World, so you would think it, it is going to be Westworld, but in a future, you know, Westworld happens again, but in a futuristic setting, you know, almost like this is Jurassic World, you know. <laughs> um, um, but no, it's 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 uh, it's different. And upon the upon uncovering the dirty secret of futuristic theme world, theme park Future World, an ex employee is killed after he tips off two of the reporters who decide to do an undercover investigation. And like, that's the setup that it gives you like the first 60 seconds. And then the movie just goes. Um, so it, does. it just goes. <laughs> um, also, I'm looking, apparently there was also a, um, a 1980 TV series that ran for five episodes called beyond Westworld. Um, that does not have favorable reviews, but security chief of an Android manufacturing company must stop a mad scientist who's sending field theme parks, Android to infiltrate society on his, for his own ends. So, Sounds like there's a lot of each of these three properties in the uh, um, in the show. But anyway, Future World 
is uh is its own thing um what do you think about this one guys uh do you like it love it hate it dislike it or think it's just okay jason why don't you start us off i think this one lands right in the just okay i think conceptually there was a lot of interesting things it was unique to have the first one that felt like more of just sort of diving into this theme park and almost experiencing it through the guy's eyes like he said sort of the point of view character and then it goes south it was a very kind of straight simple plot not a lot going on to it whereas this one was like very convoluted and a lot of things going on so it was you get some intrigue there but also you get a lot of sloppiness and a little bit of craziness so it all together it was breezy like we said the run times are good just where it should be so enjoyable but yeah just okay joe where did you land yeah after thinking about it more um i was more in like the side of liking it but i think i think it's just i think i'm in the camp of just okay um i think the thing that really bothers me was like the third act and kind of like the tonal shift stuff that kind of swayed me um it's got some weird tonal shift stuff and like uh characters introduced it kind of reminded me of like day of the dead a bit because it has like kind of that industrial kind of shot the way it's shot and like it kind of has like some comedic elements to it but then also very like dark and serious at times so um those are the things where i kind of landed on where it's like ah, eh, it's just okay um i do agree it's very convoluted there's a lot they're trying to introduce and i don't think they really flesh out really any of it so i'm gonna go with the very soft didn't like it um i think there's a lot about this movie that doesn't work but there's a good amount here that does work. I was really afraid going into this movie because like the first Westworld has generally middling reviews, you know, like 6.8 on IMDb average letterboxd of somewhere around like you know 2.8 or so. Um, and the, uh, and then future world has like 30% rotten tomatoes and like four point some four point five point seven on IMDb, like significantly lower everything. Um, and I, I don't know, I guess I was just expecting it to be a lot worse. Like it's it's fine. I'm not mad that I watched it. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Uh, but but I I appreciate that this movie was not Westworld in a, in Future World, you know, that it wasn't the same movie. It wasn't the same concept. It wasn't, you know, what if they're in this different part of the park and, you know, they didn't the just robots Jurassic World it, yeah. Yeah, they didn't just Jurassic World it or, you know, even uh, just like they really did like an original clearly is a sequel to Westworld, but also has enough interesting things going on. Let me tell you actually like the movie. I think this is most like, and this might explain like, this might help you get a feel for the movie as well as um, like unlock something. Um, I think that future world is a lot like Halloween three season of the witch. I think it is like to a T right? Like it's an, it's an investigative journalist piece about a co- corporation doing shady stuff and only one person actually, you know, knowing what's, you know, knowing that there's bad and pursuing that to the fullest extent and, um, you know, thrown in danger at times. I think I, I think I view this way, the way that a lot of people look at Halloween three, because people don't like that movie because it doesn't have Michael Myers in it. And I'm here to say it's the second best Halloween movie, um, only behind the original, because that movie's actually really great. <laughs> um, but I think, I think this movie's problems, we, we we said that the problems with the first one are it's a really great vision and it's a really great performance by uh, Yul Brenner and it's a um, a really um, rushed production and it's and it's mirac- it almost seems miraculous that it turned out as good as it did. I feel like this is the opposite where it is an intriguing concept with really poor execution. Um, can, can we go I back? Disagree- and, can we talk about Yul Brenner? 
Yul Brenner's appearance in this the, film. The waste of Yul Brenner, yeah. Can you please? I, and I, I read the IMDb. This was his last role. Um, it was before he passed. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, but I don't know if it was like comic, comically like uh, intentional. But man, that that whole sequence is hilarious. I'm, I'm doing a little dance. Yeah, if I'm gonna rewatch something, yeah, <laughs> with the lasso and they're spinning around, dude, it's so good. Yeah, or, I'll, I'll rewatch that part every time. Now, was I the only one that was hoping that the employee's robot friend with no face was gonna maybe at the end he was gonna like reactivate something in him and give him his face back and it was gonna be Yul Brenner? I was hoping he was gonna like be the hero of the day, you know? Uh, you know, like I like I think a lot of this movie works. I think it's a really intriguing premise. I think it's so poor execution though. Like I like I have to disagree with you, Jason. I think this movie even at an hour and 51 minutes felt way too long. This felt long and boring to me. Um, comparatively, never like, for sure, yeah. Definitely comparatively, but like not not so much like... Like there's been a lot of movies that have come out even recently that are certainly too long and um, you know you can feel that and you might even consider parts of them or the whole thing boring. You know, the one I'm... The example I'm thinking of right now is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny where it's like, should have never been that long, you know? Um, yeah. But like it... like. It's just one of those where you're like, the runtime should have been flipped. Westworld should have been an hour and 51 and Future World should have been an hour and 30, you know? I would get um, that, yeah. Like, especially because, like, we know that there's bad going on at Delos. And we know that they've somehow managed to still find success even after the Westworld fiasco, you know? Um, and... We like we know that they're clearly up to something now because our protagonist got some information from somebody who was killed delivering the information. Like it's just a matter of them like having to try to prove it. And those investigative journalist stories can be really great. You know, like Spotlight is one of the best movies of the last you know, ten years. Uh, and um, you know, All the President's Men is a classic. And um, even uh, last year, She Said is really great. Um, but. You know, it's it's one of those that can be really good. I, again, comparatively, like Halloween three season of the witch, I love that movie. Um and I feel like this could have easily been like on par with that. Um it just feels like poor execution. I don't care. Like none of the actors are given a good performance. That's like Peter Fonda's the lead here. Like you know I, I, I kinda like the two. I I think they have good it's really corny dialogue, but I think they I think they do a good job of like delivering the, especially like him. He's like always talking like a lot of like junk to her. I think it's kind of funny, but I did not buy into their chemistry at all. It, it was textbook, you know, men in the seventies trying to write romance between men and women. This was, <laughs> this was as cringy as an early James Bond movie, man. Like where you're like, uh, like so you're watching today. It feels borderline on parody almost like, Oh, are they being right. like that to be funny? But right. Yeah. The, the dialogue is like not super great. Well, but even then, like the situations where they're like, oh, sure, like after this big dangerous thing, you know, and he reveals the the big thing, right? He reveals the the file. Now, now they're going to kiss and she's going to want to go from kissing to the next. It's like, dudes, like <laughs> anyway, um, it, it felt it felt I didn't I didn't buy any of their chemistry. I did, none of the performances were particularly good. Uh, none of them were bad. You know, just none of them were particularly good. Yeah, it's got um, I. I liked, you know, a lot of the things like how the movie even plays with, you know, well, if the, some of the staff is Android, you know, then we get the, the like lead guy that we've been talking to a while, you know, he comes in and when they kill him, like he's an Android, um, you know, it, it, it got us with that good tease where the guy that was helping fix that robot was Harry Henry, something like that. Yeah. Um, where he 
you know, gets gets duped um, by the um, Peter Fonda double. Um, gets like br- it, brutally murdered in the PG movie, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, like he, you know, we, like we can see some of that. Like, oh, like there's some really good thing. Joke. I, I actually think that the last third of this movie saved it for me. Um, I know you said it, like, and it's to- it's a totally different movie. Um, although I gotta say, I, I, this is I like I, it. It just doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. I was it, like, it, no, it doesn't fit at all. It, it, but gosh, I hate the last scene of this movie. I think it, it's, it's so terrible. It's especially, so bad. It's so bad. Like again, poor. I think this movie comes down to okay idea, poor execution. Whereas the first one was great idea, execution limited by lots of external factor, factors, and so they did the best that they could. You know, this one is. It's just poor execution. Um, I don't think the actors particularly care. Um, I don't think that the writers were interested in telling a unique or good story and the director didn't do anything particularly special, you know? And again, just that, that, that last like shot of the movie of him just looking back and flipping off the guy and running away. Like I laughed. I was just like, this is It's so funny. He still has to make it the rest of the way. And like, I know they sent assassins to kill the other guy. You really think that, (laughs) That they're not going to have you killed, like, and and not only that, but you already wrote an article about Westworld, and people are still flocking to Delos. You really think that you're going to yeah, stop their plan from another anything. article? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, they just have to like hand feed all this stuff after that too, where it's like, I made the phone call. The story's out there, baby. And I, hey, I kissed you, so that's how I knew you weren't the other. Yeah. <laughs> we got it, man. We got it. Maybe you could have done a good ambiguous ending where you leave it up kind of like feeling like one of them may be the robot and the other one might not be, or there could have been something interesting there. And I wonder if maybe they tried something like that and test screenings didn't work and the studio got involved or maybe I wouldn't be surprised if they filmed like five different endings to this movie. And yeah, that's the one they picked, even though none of them were good. (laughs) Did you guys ever think at any point in time that they had fabricated backstories and they themselves were robots? I think I was thinking like way too smart. I was like, yeah, let's dial, I did not let's, ever let's dial that, it back. No. Yeah, let's dial it back. Uh, let me tell you, that is a much better movie than this one. I was like, that's more, that's more ringing true to the actual TV show than, you know, than anything that we see in this movie. True, <laughs> true. But, but, but again, that movie would be excellent. You know, yeah. if that's the way the movie ended, is it revealed that, you know, I wanted something dark, like Stepford Wise sure. dark, you know what I mean? Like the original well, and- would be like, and the movie wants to be dark, right? Like the whole, I, like I thought it was, I thought the movie got really interesting when it's revealed that they're replacing world leaders. Cause I know the TV show also had an arc in here. Um, they weren't replacing people, but they were like collecting information on people and they were like building files and they were like, we were, we want to predict, you know, what your next move is so we can help the customer experience. But then like, it was a big point of contention because the board was like, you know, we want to use that for bad purposes, you know? And, and Anthony Hopkins character was like, no, like you can't like, uh, this is, you know, anyway, would have been um, nice like, if they like, also like, took some sort of angle of, uh, having the robots. Like, I think it was more the humans making the robots do all this switcheroo business, but yeah, yeah maybe yeah. somewhere along the line, it then became the robots started trying to switch out the executives. And you saw that of like, Oh no, this is about like, they're getting autonomy and wanting to take over the world now. Right. Well, and it also and, throws in this weird environmentalist message. It, it, um, it has some greenwashing for sure. They're like, let's throw yeah. a little green they're on like, there. You guys are going to kill the planet, so we're going to... They got Age of know. Ultron pretty much before Age of Ultron. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. You know, it's... Uh, yeah. You guys don't it know how to like, play with your toys, so we're taking your toys from you. And kicking yeah, it, kicking it, you yeah. out of the room permanently. 
they're just like, oh, we have to have a motive. Why would they want to replace people? Eh, environment. Hippie, that's what hippies are all about. You know, like, <laughs> just, we just wrapped up the 60s. It people is the 70s it. after yeah. all. You yeah, know? exactly. They'll be happy about it. No, hand me another cigarette. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> there was so much greenwashing in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, and it's like, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's not just, oh, we, we just want to control the world, right? And we feel like we're best to do that. No, it's, you guys are destroying the world and we have to replace you so we can save those. When the easiest answer is just like, we wanted autonomy and you guys treat us like trash. So we wanted to revolt. <laughs> like, that's like an easy premise. And yeah, we know we know where that went. So yeah. Um, yeah, I... <sighs> You guys are making um, me want to change my rating again. You guys are like <laughs> chiseling it down some more. No, it's look, and it's right. Like it's it's. I think there's a really good movie in here somewhere. It's just in the Westworld TV show, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's but like premise, I lo- yeah. like I'm I'm much happier with this movie than if we would have just gotten another Westworld, you know. Or like I thought something that could have been really interesting. Again, if I, if we're talking like um uh like I think maybe Westworld is the best like you know it's it's part one and part two of a trilogy you know where the first one kind of sets up everything and if you have the big finale of uh of the first movie b where where james brolin gets shot you know all of a sudden chaos and then you get the second movie which could be that in future world could be one of those where it's like in a parallel park everything goes wrong you know um and and there's this there's these journalism people that are exploring a tip that they got you know where it doesn't have to be a full sequel they could be in the park when everything goes bad you know and maybe even them being in the park is why you know they're letting some malfunction slide because they want the people to die anyway like you could you could make a really interesting trilogy um out of a lot of concepts that this movie that that these movies um don't and i've got i really got to stop making movies what they're not but uh but it's just like when it's right there and you're like there's a really good movie in future world somewhere but what we get is not it and um it doesn't mean it's bad it doesn't but like like if you if you watched uh the show and you're interested in watching these movies i'd say watch them both um i wouldn't say pay for future world um it's on i would say like it's free (laughs) i would say like westworld is worth watching and i would sure why not why not give it a buy um you know um but but like future world is one of those i would watch it once and just you're fine not watching it ever again but i could see myself watching westworld a couple of times more in the future you know there's enough in there that i really liked and again in a breezy hour and a half why not but uh there's there's just so much i think failed execution in here right with the with the yule brenner waste um with the (laughs) peter fonda waste with the i was like you're you're seeing the yule brenner scene in your mind right now you're seeing it <laughs> <laughs> with the with the really terrible you know last 10 seconds of the film um so out of place with, just so like with a really inconsistent tone for the movie like again there's a really good very similar to all the president's men kind of movie in here and it's just the, the score uh, like you like you stated previously like it's amazing like both scores are actually like super solid especially the oh, op- yeah, the opening good. is like super eerie and like man I'm going to get in this like really dark film and then like you get elements of it, but like, yeah, it's not quite, it doesn't really quite hit it though. with that mark. Yeah. <sighs> and I would what say else? this one, uh, one thing it suffers from too, that the first one doesn't is just the kind of environment. Cause well, Westworld, you're able to do a lot of just like show some cool old school wild West stuff. And this one it has the ambition of trying to predict and design the future. And especially with the limitations back then, it's like, I give them credit for trying to do what they're trying to do, but you're getting almost like Harry Potter or Harry Potter wizard chess where they're 
trying to play the game and it's clearly just guys in suits doing the thing. And then you have their boxing game where it's like you get to stand there and make realistic looking robot people fight each other with your emotions and just a lot of things that visually don't come out that great or even the way the robots were kind of created in that one machine real fast for the they weren't samurai but whatever they were that come after them and start just climbing the scaffolding and chasing them around like a lot of that just doesn't quite hold up visually throughout the movie sure speaking of the visuals i did want to point out um westworld has the first use of computer digitized images as part of a feature film not merely monitor graphics um so the gunslinger's point of view um after the process was finally developed enough to produce satisfactory resorts, it took eight hours to produce each 10 seconds of footage for the guns, gunslingers pixelated POV. Oh my God. So also like, again, kind of like we were talking limited by the technology of its time, but it's still pushing boundaries. Um, Future world was the first film to use 3d CGI. Yeah. That 3d model actually looks really good. Yeah, I'm not even kidding you. Like, there's stuff that like when you roughly paint something like a ZBrush, like it looks like that. And like, yeah, it's really cool that they put that in a film in the 70s, which is crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I so like again, kind of pushing technological boundaries, which I think that movies with this sort of concept should. So, yeah. uh, by the way, did I also wanted to mention? Did you guys notice um, how much it costs to go to Westworld um, in the movie Westworld, and then in Future World went up a couple hundred bucks. I think it's 200 bucks difference, but like, yeah, it was a thousand dollars to go to Westworld, which in today's money is almost eight thousand dollars every day. <laughs> it was like seventy eight hundred dollars for one day in Westworld, Jeez. which I think I, I think it was like more than that for um, the TV show, because at one point they list a price. And it's I want to say 10K at least or 15 or 20. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember for sure. Um, but you get it. I mean, the cleanup alone on the robots each day. It's kind of add up. Um, I, I love they show the process. Like I was like, yeah, you got to show the cleanup. Like uh, show like what's going on. Like it, it adds to the world building. In in the show, it's forty thousand dollars a day. <laughs> Jesus. Well, that's why you see like you know they're like CEOs and like high you know, yeah politicians yeah, yeah. And, like, executives. So you know, inflation and their profit margins have gone up. Uh, I like it. In Future World. We didn't touch on it. Like a, this is one of the tonal things that was kind of terrible, but. I thought it was kind of cool. They had somebody like win a sweepstakes and like they're part of the park. Um, that was kind of cool. I feel like they could have, they could have done more with that. Like, I don't know. It was kind of, well, weird. I really <laughs> liked, um, yeah, I really, I really liked, uh, yeah. Just kind of seeing that it also led, led me to believe like the, was that not a, the couple from the big, from the first movie? No, no, it was not. I, I thought maybe that was showing a flashback. I thought that flashback was initially going to lead to they were in the park when everything bad happened, you know, and it was just going to be like a simple reminder. Like, I thought it was maybe the couple that went to Roman world um, from Westworld. Anyway, uh, maybe not. Yeah, no, I um, yeah, there's a good movie in here somewhere. It's just not this. Um, I don't I don't know what exactly like it feels like everything is done half assed. And, um, you know, it, there's a really good movie here and you know like let's let's not be naive this is also this movie came out in what 1979 78 76 yeah it came out three years later 76 three years later like this is still a year before star wars like studios are still trying to push out films as fast as they possibly can and look they're doing that today as well but like you know certainly things can be a lot more public today you know (laughs) directors can be a little bit more vocal and um you know can can push back a little bit more and um lots of things you know there's certainly um 
point is there's uh um you know 1976 like it's still like the push for the next big thing is on you know and i think they saw this and were hoping that this would have um you know the impact that star wars did i think it's like what jason said too like you're trying to sit there and project something or like what the future looks like right and when you do that it's it's kind of hard to nail down like you either get something like this where it's like it's not quite right or you get something like you know the first alien film where you're just like wow this kind of this kind of blows me away you guys just like this retro tech but it kind of works with like what they're going for the world whereas like this like you can really nail down what the aesthetic was for it like it's just like it's future you know there's like bright blinking lights and, like sci-fi sounds like the most like you know <laughs> the most typical sci-fi sounds you could think of bleep blops you know beeps but yeah, and I hope there's more to the actual park of Future World than what we saw in the movie, because otherwise, <laughs> it's I mean, I know every Devil's yeah. Park is basically like give them a bar, give them somewhere they can sleep with the robots, and call it a day. But <laughs> you gotta have a little bit of dressing for it. Well, yeah, definitely. Like I remember that that lady said, "I changed my mind. I want to go to the medieval world." And said, "I'm like me too." <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, they at least hand wave at it a little, where they have someone kind of being like. Yes, we're going to take you out skiing on Mars now. And also there's this and this and this you can do. But it was just sort of like a tell, don't show kind of thing of like, we don't have the money or the time to get into all that. Let's just throw out the words, move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, they, they showed a lot in the first film of those other worlds. And it looked like, I was like, man, I kind of want to go there. But there's never a time where I was like, man, I really want to go to the future world. I was like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, spoiler alert for the B-plot. None of us is picking Future World. I'm not going to Future World. Sorry. No. Look, I think Future World could be cool, but yeah, definitely not this Future World. No. It's like Um, uh, that movie Tomorrowland. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, it's... um, Yeah, it's just interesting. It's odd. It's... It feels like this movie... It's not bad, right? But it's far from good. It's that kind of thing where I had an enjoyable enough time with it. I'm glad I watched it. I'll never go back to it. Yeah, I just like I don't know I don't know that there's anything necessarily like great about it. And there's a number of things as already mentioned that are pretty bad about it. I, this, uh, the score is great. Really like the score. And the use of um visuals, you know, like the 3D imagery and whatnot. Like yeah, pushing boundaries. Yeah. All that stuff is good, but um yeah, like it's got a weak script. It's it's, it's, gotta... it's a totally yeah, weak script with lackluster effort by Pretty much everybody. So the acting at time reminded me of the community episode where they needed to use the footage of Chang to kind of throw a movie together around it. And we're just sort of like going through the motions. And- <laughs> what do you, what would you guys say um, before we move on? Um, I said, I think if you've seen the show, check out the first movie, um, check out the second movie, but probably only once. I would also say if you haven't seen the show, I might recommend the first movie and then just go to the show. Like, cause you could for sure should watch the show at least season one. Um, but why not all four seasons? Um, but like, but I, I also think you could end season one and be totally satisfied as well. Um, so like what, what would your guys's thoughts be if, if somebody was either c- completely unfamiliar with the IP or saw the TV show, like, would you recommend these movies? I think either way I'd recommend them. I think as a fan of the show, there was enough curiosity for me to enjoy like I said, kind of going in with that mentality of seeing the original and kind of appreciating what they pulled from it and what they improved on. And there's enough there to have a good time. And then, yeah, Future World is just sort of like, it's ambitious and it's trying some things and it's it's not great, but it's it's worth a watch, I would say. But yeah, if you haven't seen any of it, I think, like you said, maybe the best route would be 
do the Westworld movie, Westworld show, and then if you're curious enough to go back to Future World, great. If not, you're not missing much. And if you can have that kind of willpower to stop after season one of Westworld, you might really preserve a great experience, but it's still hard not to recommend watching the rest because even for all the flaws of seasons two through four, they're still great. It's that kind of sliding scale where if you're grading them against season one, it's a big drop down. But if you're grading it as just great TV, there's a lot of good stuff there still. Nice. All right. Joe, what about you? Yeah, for me, um, I, I think I'm in the same boat as Jason. Like, uh, I don't think it's necessary to watch Future. Um, it is officially on YouTube. It's not like you have to sit there and pirate or anything. So if you want to watch it for free, it's there. And if you like it and you want to support it and get it on Blu-ray, I doubt there's a Criterion edition. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I think you should probably watch the film and then watch the show. And then, like I said, if you're interested, you're interested peaked, watch Future. Um, I, I don't think it's like a great film. We've already kind of nailed it. Uh, nailed it down. Um, it's a kind of meandering, kind of okay film, but a good concept. All right, um, let's move on to our B plot. Um, what are some Delos parks that you would like to visit? Um, and I said we could use parks that were included in the TV show. So just to remind you, uh, there's obviously Westworld, uh, there's Shogun World, there's the Raj, which is the colonial India, um, there's War World, uh, the World War II one, there's um, um, uh, I'm looking at a wiki right now. There's fantasy world because there's a couple of creatures that come in from that. Um, like some weird ones. There's one that was never named. Um, there's just park five. I think they were going to name it in the last season and reveal it. Um, and we have the golden age, um, which is that one you were mentioning the prohibition era one. Um, that sounds awesome. We also, we also have from the films, you know, Roman world and medieval world. So, um, yeah, what, uh, and then Future World from Future World. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at the wiki right now. It looks like apparently there's also, oh, Spa World was Spa World? one of them. Spa World, uh, one of the two new parks. Um, it was the other one being offered at, in Future World. Um, so it was, it was one of the new options. Um, Spa World was the new section. Spa World and Future World. Just all there really is to it. Um, there's, uh, I think that's all I've got that are mentioned here from anything. So um, what do you guys think? What what would be some parks that you won that game show and they said you want to, you get to spend a week at Delos? Like what are some things that would actually really intrigue you um, and, and why specifically those uh, Jason, why don't you kick us off? Yeah. I mean, I forgot until you mentioned it there that there is the idea of fantasy world that they tease where they have that kind of character model of Drogon hiding. I think that was in season four, possibly that they teased that. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I think there was even in at the end of season one when everything went chaotic. I think there was some teasing of that. In the, oh, yeah. In the breakout. Yeah, I think before remembering that, I mean, that helps make it easier because I probably would have been debating between Westworld and Medieval World just because I'm a sucker for castles and everything. But now thinking about future world where you actually get the chance to probably explore some castles and do that stuff. But then instead of just going to banquets and trying to sleep with the royalty basically the whole time. You can actually go out and do some stuff with the dragons and all that kind of Game of Thrones type insanity. So I think that would probably be my go-to. But I also had the idea of inventing the own worlds of just the modern day temptation to combine IP with things like this. So the idea of potentially a Game of Thrones world where you're actually in that same environment or... Oh, for sure. If if that existed, you know, there would be... Or keeping the Michael Crichton thing, maybe create a Jurassic Park world where... 
it, that's getting a little too niche because then you're really going to be going up from a thousand dollars a day to like a million dollars a day to be in your own custom made like relive the movie experience and try to survive the dinosaurs escaping and everything but something like that would be a lot of fun just get to relive some movie moments but i feel like they'd get really dark eventually and have a scan your own life and we're gonna take the likeness of everyone you know and you get to relive your own life moments or something crazy or i can see them really diving deep if they kept going and expanding very total total recall yeah I was actually thinking um, like what my most ideal preferred experience would be. And like, I would love like that sequence from ready player one where he goes into the shining, I think is one of the coolest like things ever. That is like one of the coolest scenes in the entire movie. I was like, this movie is pretty awesome. I was like, it kind of bumped up the whole point. I was like, could they, could they do that? You know, could they do it where it's, um, you know, where it's the, um, um, like where, you could have kind of these these IP based, right? Like you're like you're saying, Jason, where like could they make a you know um, Inception world, like or um, it's kind of complex. Could they make a Matrix world? You know, uh, that'd be really cool. Uh, could they make a, like some some of these things, like where you could just go visit, like go hop in your favorite movie, you know? Um, and even if it's just like you know, as a supporting or as an extra, or like if it's a movie with like a really unique environment can I go spend some time in Blade Runner 2049? You know, like, I mean, people uh, already kind of pay for those experiences kind of when you go to like cons and stuff. Right. And like, yeah. Can you imagine like but, this on but that, like, that that's scale? like, that's yeah. like VR experiences, yeah, like, you know, like I'm, I'm like, I'm like build the Blade Runner 2049 park. Like it could be really cool. You know, um, I'm just saying like, it's already cool, but it could be so much cooler. Like it could, you know what I mean? Sure. To the, to the levels yeah, yeah. you're talking about, like I want to be in that world. Well, and obviously, you know, you'd have to build a billion parks, you know, and it would be there's not there's not enough land for that. Um, but, you know, also there's just that some of them would get so niche, you know, um, I think it's a, I think it's a dope concept. I think you could definitely. Yeah. Like you could take a that corner my, of each world and do it, though. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, do that for like Harry Potter. Like, when you go to like. Oh, yeah, sure. You get that experience, right? You get you get the corner that you that you need. They combine a lot of things, kind of like smash them down. Kind of do that with. Sure. Yeah, my wife would 100% go to wizarding world um oh everyone yeah would. no the, it'd be, it'd be crazy. the uh <laughs> no but I, like i thought that would be like the ultimate destination right if delos could recreate star wars you know uh you know like can yeah. i go spend spend a week on the death star you know or um yeah can, can i be a smuggler can i be a jedi i was like you know? i was like we've already Not spent enough time on tatooine i don't really want to go to hoth because i don't like cold you know um like like how about like let me go hang out in um like Coruscant, you know, like in in the prequel era times, or even like the the you know, the old Republic times, like you know that could be. Let me hang, hang out in uh, Canto Bight, make it cool, like like actually make it cool, like make my <laughs> own movie there. You know what I mean? Ninety <laughs> yeah, percent of the guests are just going to go to the cantina, fight each other, and then go <laughs> find someone to sleep with anyway. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Easy. I did. I did think uh, though. So like that was my first thought was like I'd love to go to like an IP based world. Um, I think that'd be really cool. You know, just that sh- like something similar to that shiny sequence where like you're in the movie and you can interact. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things like that. I think and, Nason, uh, I think Jason's like nailed down the core loop of what the experience is. Like what people actually want. They're just like I just want these two or three things. I'm good. Yeah. I want to go drink in the bar and sleep <laughs> yeah, with one of the that's ghosts. That's what I want to do. Maybe, the best public. Maybe fight and look cool. You know what I mean? Just look tough. Like those right. like the three things that people care about, and nobody wants to like actually like like you said the bank robbery. Like, why don't we go help those people over there? He's like, 
ah, we should go do this instead. <laughs> it's super funny. In the Shining movie, they actually just sleep with the West or sleep with the bathtub ghost, I guess. Yeah, it happened. Um, but as far as like an actual Delos Park, I would pick. I would pick War World without a doubt. I mean, just like I, I love that period of history. Uh, I love learning about it. It's like my favorite um, historical period. Like I'm, I'm always excited when there's like a, a movie or, an, or like especially a new video game. Like, um, like I think I mentioned a couple months ago, I replayed this game called The Saboteur, which is essentially like Grand Theft Auto set in Nazi occupied Paris. Like, man, I would love like to to have that experience you know because that's the season three opener like introduces war world and like we find out Maeve is there and she's part of like the french revolution in germany you know it's like that'd be so cool that'd be so fun you know um i mean obviously like it obviously it wouldn't be fun to be there in real life right but in a simulated experience where i knew i was safe right like that's really intriguing to me like like you said part of it's all it's not like you're getting the glory of like, oh, I want to go murder a bunch of people and do that. It's more the historical yeah. context. Look, I'm just saying... And it, you're killing I would be lying so. if I wasn't walking around putting on an Aldo Rain accent. We in the Nazi killing business. Yeah. And just, <laughs> just being, so being that ridiculous. One, that one would be tempting too because my grandpa met my grandma through World War II and serving over in France and she was kind of working for the Allied forces as a translator and all kinds of stuff. So to be able to kind of like get that firsthand of seeing what they saw yeah. kind of thing, that'd be cool. It's cool. I just, it's, it was, it was always going to be war world for me. You know, I, I love that period of history and I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. Again, to spend a simulated, no, I'm going to be safe um, time there, you know? Um, yeah. Um, you know, storm. The, I, I know it's not what it was, but you know, you could storm the beaches of Normandy. Like, I mean, I feel like we already have because saving private Ryan, a medal of honor frontline, but you know, uh joe what did you say for this yeah for for mine uh i'm a big anime fan i I'm very much like a self-proclaimed uh, weeb so i'd probably say probably their, their feudal japan or their shogun world um, mm-hmm. they kind of showed some of it in did, did they show a little bit in westworld right a little bit oh yeah season two season well, two yeah, does okay with that yeah. you know, season two they do a great job but in the film i'm trying to think they show it briefly i think no because no? there's only the three parks it's the it's Westworld, Roman world, and medieval world. And we get the yeah. we, we get the with the uh, the hysterical interpretations of either ninjas or samurai. That's what that's the only thing we get. Um, yeah, you might yes. be thinking of future world. There is the scene where the yeah yeah, yeah. they the actually trigger the <laughs> samurai. Yeah, but there's no there's no like confirmation or anything. The, uh, about, the super like, racially about insensitive uh, ninja <laughs> samurai dudes um, <laughs> yeah. dressed in pajamas. But uh, yeah, super funny. Um, but anyways, yeah, um, I would go there. Um, I don't know if I'd want to be like a samurai or anything i don't because that sounds like um i know enough about their culture like it seems like a really bad time um the samurai weren't the greatest people in the world um but i guess that kind of plays to the strengths of the park though right because you want to go in there and do that but i think it'd be really cool to play like a shamisan which is like the the guitar be like a nomad and just drink and like hang out while the guests go pillage and do whatever and then when they come back i just go and hang out with them and talk and i think that'd be really cool yeah uh very nice um let's move on to the spinoff then um what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to tell everybody to check out or to stay away from i'm going to kick us off because i'm essentially just only watching things for the podcast right now um try to get ahead on some things uh, that i'll be talking about um i'm going to go ahead and recommend or sorry um talk about a movie i'm not really recommending it but i'm also not really saying stay away from it um because i 
we'll just leave it at I saw the new A24 horror film Talk to Me earlier this week. Um, and I didn't like it all that much. So, like, I think it's fine. Like, I think if you, if you like A24 horror that's very, like, metaphorical and kind of frightening, but not very, um, and is a really good directorial achievement, like, there's enough to like here. But um, I didn't particularly like it because I don't like particularly overly metaphorical stuff. You know, I like, or especially, like, when I think sometimes the movie lost touch with either reality for that or lost touch with this messaging because it tried to touch us. I thought it was a little sloppy. Um, and ultimately like, I thought it was fine. So, uh, more thoughts on Patreon. Uh, Jason, what are you recommending or warning? I was tempted to do that Apple TV show hijack. Cause we just finished it today. I will say recommend on that. It was good, but just because of the, awesome. going through these themes of Westworld and getting immersed in a new world and everything, I feel tempted to just, bring up a VR gaming experience recently of just uh, torn between two right now. Cause there's one that I think is one of the best games made called walkabout mini golf. And yeah. 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 Me and my brother play that. Yeah. It's hard not to recommend that to anyone that has any kind of VR platform. Cause it's so cool. The developers are so consistent at really caring about making it bigger and better every time. So they're always doing new DLCs and they even have done the tackling some IP. They got the Jim Henson people to let them do a labyrinth course. But yeah, I just can't recommend that one enough because it's physics, like the physics are some of the best you'll ever see in a VR thing. It feels like you're really putting and then they take full advantage of the VR world to kind of give you these mini golf courses that would not be possible to ever come close to replicating in real life. Just real over the top stuff. There's an Atlantis one where you're kind of in the ocean going around putting, Mm -hmm. doing some crazy stuff. There's one called Upside Downtown that looks almost like Inception where the world's folding in on itself and you're dealing with gravity changing where you put through a little thing or it goes from the floor to the ceiling and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. So just a lot of fun. And I did also just finish the walking dead retribution game on there. So I kind of throw that a shout out too. That's a lot of fun getting to kind of be in that world. And just again, the physics of kind of the way you pull the weapons out and do the whole thing, even though the graphics don't technically look realistic, it kind of you fade into it and sort of feel like you're involved in that environment once you get going. Nice. So yeah, sort of a trio recommend. A couple of games hey. and the hijack show. I can't. I'm going to cheat and throw all three in there. That's all right. Joe does that every. I month, do it all so, the time. Uh, yeah. Okay. There we go. Jerk. Yeah. As long as you're quick about it, I don't mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what uh? What do you got for us this week, Joe? Sponge Joe. Yeah. For one related, uh, we kind of touched on it. Um, Logan's Run. I highly recommend that, um, especially in the '70s sci-fi. Real quick, did you know that the Future World bar scene was the Logan's Run apartment redressed? Was it really? Uh, that, yeah. that, that doesn't surprise me, given the genre at the time. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, doesn't I was like, it just I came across IDV trivia. That's so cool, man. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, they usually have something anime wise. Uh, yeah, for me, um, I mean, if, if you're already a fan of Jujutsu Kaisen, you already know that season two already ended, part one did, and then part two starts up on the twenty fifth. So yeah, that's one of the big anime that's out. So that's it. Sweet. Well, that'll do it. We talked about the movies, I think, a little bit more than than I anticipated, but that's okay. We're still at an average or below average episode length. Um, but, you know, either way, I had fun. Uh, unlike Future World, I did not find this long and boring. So, uh, uh, you know, I had a good time. That's a wrap. You can uh, follow... <laughs> Jason and Joe. My notes says Jason's because I put guest, but then I always find to replace guest, and then I put the thing, and so now it says Jason's. Um, 
You can follow Jason and Joe at the places they mentioned at the top of the show. I will have uh, some socials linked in the episode description below. And remember, you can go to the Meet the Contributors page on SifPop.com to find all of the things uh, for them and some fun facts about them each. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, Letterboxd, Twitter, Letterboxd, Threads, whatever, at Schweitcastle. I don't really use much of anything anymore. I mean, I use Letterboxd, but I don't like... I'm not on it a ton. I just use it to log my stuff. I don't, you know, super interact with a bunch of people there, but I just, I find myself tweeting less and I would like to be on threads more, but I'm just not. And a quick reminder that Sif Pop Writers Room is part of Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media. And if you're interested in writing for sifpop.com or you want to get in contact with the show, maybe send us a question to explore during the B plot, then email writersroom at sifpop.com. And please, if you're listening over on iTunes or Spotify, uh, leave us a review. We'd really appreciate that. Next week, Rowan and Alex are joining me to talk about Muppets Most Wanted and Shrek Forever After. Um, Alex and I finally get to the end of the the Shrek movies, although um, I'm going to, you know, we got a couple more to cover now that there's a new Puss in Boots movie. Plus, there's the Shrek musical. So we'll see. We'll see if I can rope them in to talk about them more. In two weeks, Robert and Jake uh, will be joining me to talk about the Before Trilogy. And Joe, next month, we get to talk about... Green Lantern, Emerald Knights, and Green Lantern, Beware My Power. Should be a lot of fun. That sounds awesome. I'm really excited. I haven't seen either of them. In, uh, I've only seen the first one. I'm really excited about the second one. So Nice. I just like, a Green Lantern is one of those characters that I really like that, unfortunately, you know, he had the, I think, underrated, but not by much movie. You know, I think the movie was fine. <laughs> Um, but like, it's one of those characters where like, I'll see pop up and I really like, you know, in something like injustice or flashpoint paradox or a lot of the animated stuff or your justice League doom or whatnot, but he's always a side character. He's never the main. And so I'm really excited to get to explore Hal Jordan and, uh, John Stewart, John Stewart. I wanted to say John Diggle cause arrow, damn you arrow. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm really excited to, to check that out. So thank you guys for being a part of this. I uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, watching the movies and to record this this week so it's a lot of fun um, always fun yeah for sure we'll do it again uh joe next month and jason will have you back on for sure again um in during the next schedule flip and uh listener we will see you back here next week to talk about muppets most wanted and shrek forever after <laughs>